the thing this week, right? Uh, which, like you said, we do all expect him to play. Uh, even expected that last Saturday watching that Arkansas-LSU game. I thought, man, there ain't no way Sam Pittman and Kendall Briles, Briles are going to sit there and watch that again for another week. Uh, that that was tough to watch on the offensive side of the ball for them. Uh, and, you know, this is a big game for K.J. He always gets up to play these Mississippi teams, and rightfully so, especially Ole Miss being right down the road there in North Panola. You know, they're in the Sardis area, and, uh, you know, us not going after him. So, I mean, it's it's a big game for him. It's a big game for his family. He always plays well against us. He's a heck of a player, a heck of an athlete. He's really, really tough to defend. When when he gets going downhill, he's he's a real load to bring down. So, uh, you know, I, I expect to see a lot of that this Saturday when he suits up against us. And, uh, you know, when we get our hands on him, we're going to have to get him down to the ground, which has been a little bit of a problem for us this year with uh, ball carriers, but, uh, you know, that's that's one thing we're going to have to sure up, especially when, when he suits up on Saturday. Hey, Tom, and with KJ Jefferson having a clavicle issue um, in the shoulder, and he, he is a physical runner whenever he runs the ball, don't you think that could kind of hamper the way he'd like to play? And there's a chance he's just more of a, I don't know, a distraction than an actual effective player, just better than Malik Hornsby or Kate Fortin? Oh, I, I definitely think that he's not going to be 100%. He's, uh, he's been beat up pretty hard this year. Uh, I just think, like it's already been mentioned, he would, uh, he would go out there missing a leg to play against Ole Miss. And he's going to give it his best. But I don't think we're going to see the same K.J. Jefferson we saw last year. I don't think he has the offensive weapons. It's going to be really cold. It's going to be a it's going to be a running game duel between two good running teams. Yeah, it's a situation where in years past, the cold weather going up and playing Arkansas and playing them in November, the cold weather would affect us because we were predominantly a passing team. So Jordan Tamu would be all bundled up in Little Rock. Everybody remembers what that looks like. And there's been some cold games they played. But this Ole Miss team, more than most any other, is equipped to handle the cold weather about as well as you can. So it's going to be, I think, a Quinshawn Judkins and Zach um, Jackson Dart versus K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders and, you know, the team that can stop that the most wins. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I actually was going to say, I don't think KJ is actually the key here. I, I kind of disagree. I think Rocket's the key. Um, we have not done really well versus the run. We haven't done well with tackling and getting guys down. We kind of do that side little tackle thing, the push. I don't know why, but that's kind of been our thing that we haven't gotten over. And I, I think that Rocket is going to be our key to kind of keeping him down because I agree with what Tom said. I think KJ is a little banged up. Um, I think Rocket's going to be our main fo- should be our main focus. Derek, um, what what key am I not thinking of whenever we go into this Arkansas game? What what key should we think of that maybe we're not thinking of? If that makes any sense? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Arkansas this year. Uh, you know, I've I've watched a good bit of them throughout the years. I'm sure y'all have as well. Uh, they they have a lot of trouble on the back end of their defense. Like this is this could be a prime time for. Jackson to take some shots, even with the cold weather, and I know the ball's slicker and all that stuff. You know, it makes it harder for teams to pass, uh, which, which is definitely going to be be a challenge for us. But that you, if you look at the defense of Arkansas, that's that's one area where you say that you can you can attack and get big chunk plays because they're going to be loading up the box and and trying to stop Quinshawn in that run game. So you know, you're you're not going to take just a whole lot of shots downfield. I wouldn't think with the weather being what it is. Uh, especially if you get any kind of precipitation mixed in with that, what, what's supposed to be like 20 degrees or something up there Saturday, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the coldest kickoff that Arkansas has had is, as a member of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely have to take your uh, – you got to take your shots when they're available. You can't take too many of them in that kind of weather. But that's that could end up being the difference of the game, you know, when – when those guys start start creeping up, you know they're they're really good at, 
at the front end of that defense, and they're 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 a really good tackling team. That's that's their strength. And Barry Odom, I mean, you saw it last weekend, you know, and you've seen it throughout his entire career, quite frankly. But um, he's he's an elite game planner on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he's he's an elite defensive mind. He he knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. So. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we got to run the ball because that's our identity. That's who we are. But when you have shots downfield, we got to be able to hit them because that's where they're susceptible on the back end of that defense. Yeah, Tom, Quinshawn Judkins, 142 yards away from breaking an Ole Miss record that was set 73 years ago. That's the year before my dad was born. So um, there's a chance he could set this this weekend, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a chance he could sit it this weekend. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if he did not sit it this weekend. You know, especially after hearing that uh, through the grapevine that it doesn't look like uh, Zach Evans is going to get to play Saturday. Uh, so he's not going to have to split carries with him. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say that, uh, that he's going to break it Saturday. Yeah, thanks to the non-targeting targeting from the Alabama game. Oh God, don't even get me started on yeah, all that. The, yes. the play, oh. the play that turned it around um, for yep. Alabama. Oh yeah. Um, you know, um, in a lot of ways, that game was a lot like the 2014 game. It just went the other direction. Instead of Bo Wallace hitting Jalen Walton for the winning touchdown, the fa- the pass fell incomplete. It, it was pretty similar to that 2014 game, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because even back in that game, you had that fumble scoop and score right there before halftime. Right before you know? halftime. They, that yeah. Everybody thought was um, going to put it away for Alabama. But I, I think the difference in that game is that made it like 14-3 to 3 Alabama or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We went from being down one score to two score going into yeah. halftime there. And, and this one here turned it right the opposite way. Instead of us being up two scores, it was us only yeah. up one score. Yeah. So, pretty uh, was- interesting, pretty interesting stuff, Kara. Uh, now, I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. What are you hearing on social media this week? Oh my gosh, I don't even think people know we play Arkansas this week. I think Auburn has taken over our life. Like, I think the Lane stuff is just completely mass for the most part that we even are playing Arkansas this week. <laughs> Yeah, and if you look at my video today, I don't even know if it's hit 1,000 views yet. And, yeah, I, and, I think uh, there's just a lot of focus on Lane and what Lane's going to do. And honestly, like, you know, may, we should probably be more focused, you know, on the fact that we have a chance to go 10 and 2 again, um, back mm-hmm. to back, and like kind of, I don't, I'll be honest, I really see no merit to anything that's being shared. Um, just kind of mask a lot of the same thing we saw with Oregon and uh, very well, much yeah. the same kind of style. And I just think that we're giving this way too much attention. Well, you, yeah, and, and this is not a political statement, so nobody hear it as a political statement. But this sounds a lot like a week before Election Day to where, you know, you're – we're going to absolutely dominate. It's going to happen. Then the election day, the last four cycles, that hadn't happened. So whoever has been the per- the party that's saying, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, and it just doesn't materialize. So I have trouble believing anything at all. But I will say this. Um, if Lane Kiffin got a bug and left, and that, that is always possible with a football coach. Because just like anybody else, you're just changing jobs. There's no self-ownership to it. You know, you're going from one place to another trying to better yourself and trying to achieve what you want to achieve. So whenever that happens, everything that we think is important isn't going to be important. So I think that it's going to be very important for everybody in the Ole Miss fan base. Hey, I don't think Lane Kiffin is going to go. I don't think he's going to take this opportunity. I think Lane Kiffin wants to be the head coach at Alabama, and you yep. can't be the head coach at Alabama and be the head coach at Auburn. Nope. That'd be like us hiring Dan Mullen. No. So, but for whatever reason, I think that Ole Miss people need to prepare in case he says yes, and they need to be ready for it because 
if it might not happen with Auburn, it might happen with somebody else. Something could happen in this offseason where the New Orleans Saints come open, you know, something like that. And that happens can be kind of strung along. So you need to be yeah. prepared. And the list I am seeing people float around is an abomination. <laughs> it is so bad. I mean, if we if we do that, it's like, hey, let's go way backwards. Let's go back before Hugh Freeze and make a Houston nut type hire. That that is what these lists are doing. Yeah, yeah. We're just kind of touching on the Lane Kiffin thing real quick. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not even remotely worried about Auburn. As you know, this this offseason. You know, if, if Lane Kiffin leaves us, I think it's an NFL job. Kind of like you said, you know. Saints or somebody like that opens up. Uh, that's that's where I think we need to be worried about this offseason because Alabama's where where he wants to be as far as college goes. Like that's the college that's that's at the top of his list for college jobs. And uh, <clears throat> you know you you can't go coach Auburn and then turn around and go coach Alabama. So if that if if that's really true, if that's his number one job in college. Then by default, he can't take the Auburn job. Yeah. And and everything that we're hearing about it is noise. Yeah, well, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not in contract negotiations with Lane Kiffin with two games left in the season. That's the one that always gets yeah. me. But they they've made an offer. They're getting to the finish line. No, Lane Lane Kiffin has not given them the time of day to talk about a contract with Arkansas. Well, at at that point, Alabama coming up, and then Arkansas and State to follow. He's not talking hey. about that. Steven, talk about that list that has been circulating they have bill o'brien on that list and i just want to know whoever did that yeah, i just gotta be, be like troll. honey baby let's talk like yeah. let's talk yeah. on Who, where whoever put that list together needs to not put list together and has not have any capacity of control whatsoever because yeah. that's yeah that, that somebody put alex um Gilesh, the offensive coordinator of tennessee because obviously well tennessee has a good offense not it has nothing to do with That'd that. That'd be like hiring Charlie Weiss Jr. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it has nothing to do with him. Yeah, and if you don't know that, you have you should have no decision making yeah. ability in the future. Yeah, well that that was like Oklahoma going and getting Jeff Levy because of how good our offense was the last two years and we saw all that worked out. Yeah. The important thing is, and like I said, I do not think Lane's gonna go anywhere, but I think this is an interesting hypothetical conversation because eventually Lane is going to go. Well, yeah, at some point. Uh, yeah, it's a, at some point he's going to do it. Of course. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, you have a whole bunch of people that has been boxed out with Lane Kiffin coming in and taking over and being the complete face of our program. Mm-hmm. And all of those guys are going to try and reestablish themselves. Well, and, that, and that's kind of another thing about Lane Kiffin not going anywhere. How many yeah. other programs in the country – is Lane Kiffin going to where he has total control like he does at Ole Miss? No, he doesn't. It doesn't exist. And it sure ain't happening down on the plains. And how how many on programs that he can go to that he can spend three months down in Boca Raton? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, he does whatever he wants to up here, and and he does it because he's winning, you know. And, you know, it – the he's way gonna, he has changed things here at Ole Miss, and you know, he he touched on. He's about to get ten million dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is, and and not not yeah. only yeah. he can get ten million ten billion dollars, he's going to get it to do whatever the hell he wants to do, the yeah. way he wants to do it, with nobody stepping in and say, "You've got to hire this guy, got to get rid of this guy, you've got to run a program a certain way." No, you're going to do it the Lane Kiffin way. And then he'll load up on the plane, go down to Boca Raton for a week and, mm-hmm. whatever, and come back, and then he'll win 10 games and keep us in contention for the SEC. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way it is. And if you want to know what I think Auburn's going to do, I think Cadillac Williams is going to get that job. I, that, I, I, I think it's a situation where they're going to beat Western Kentucky this weekend, and they are going to play the jock off of Alabama and the Iron Bowl. Yeah, now that I, I 100% agree with. They, they will get up for that game just because of Cadillac there. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's going to be him getting the head job. I think Kendall Bryles is going to be hired as the offensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator is going to be Kevin Steele. I'll buy that. I, uh, 
I don't know if I think I think they have appreciation for Cadillac, but I don't think Cadillac at the end of the day is going to have the experience. I could be wrong. I, 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 you let him beat Alabama and see if they're going to turn him down. <laughs> well, no, the, the, the problem that Auburn is going to um, have in this search, honestly, is all of their eggs are in one basket, and then after this, they're going to panic, scrambling. Yeah, they're going to scramble because they yeah. think all this is done because in their head. They think there's no way that Lane Kiffin can possibly stay at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, that's not even a possibility. If they yeah. want him, they can get him. So if he says no, they there is no plan B for them. Yeah, and and again, they they very well may get him. I'm I'm not saying there's absolutely no chance that he doesn't go to Auburn. No. If he's, but a, if he's he goes, a coach. Yeah, I mean, he, but if he goes, they're going to pay him such an absurd amount of money that they're never going to be able to get rid of him and do anything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only way that they would get him out of Ole Miss is if he has a Jimbo-like contract. Yes. Fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. All that. $100 million fully guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, Arch, we we got somebody that's wanting to speak here. Uh, college football headlines. What's up, bud? You're, you're muted, college football. Oh, speaker. no, no, no. Sorry. I was transferring my tickets in one of my buddies for the Egg Bowl. I just came in to listen and talk to the conversation. I saw Carrie was up in here. Just wanted to say what's up. Oh, okay. nice to have you, man. We're, 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 we're sitting here talking about the crazy week that was. And, uh, uh, trust me. I'm a, I'm a student here at Ole Miss, and trust me, I've been, I've been seeing Auburn go bananas all week. Yeah, it's been absolutely nuts. Um, the, my, actually, my boss runs also the Locked On Auburn site. Oh boy! So, yeah, so so my manager is actually the locked on Auburn person, and I'm getting text messages like clear your schedule for tomorrow, and I was like, there's not going to be a coach hired in the middle. No, of the it's season. exactly like I'm waiting. Wait, November yeah. 14th was yesterday. I thought it was supposed to go down as a monumental day in history, but no history was made on November yeah, 14th. Yeah. Typical Auburn fashion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why it goes. Look, if you we will have an answer on Lane Kiffin's future at Ole Miss the Sunday after the Egg Bowl. Like mm-hmm. I mean, there there has been a confirmed report that Auburn has re- reached out to Sexton, but that doesn't mean much. Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, 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 he coaches coaches in college football. Yeah, <laughs> of course they've reached out to Sexton. And and if their guy is Hugh Freeze, they've reached out to Sexton. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, that was kind of like the whole. Uh, Auburn private jet landing in Memphis. People making a big deal about that, you know. Yeah, they're going to see Jimmy. He's going to. Yeah, see of Jimmy. course they're going to see Jimmy. If you want yeah. to get a college football coach, you go see Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, Stephen and Kara, I have a question for y'all. I just wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if y'all discussed this already on the um, Alabama game. Just want to see what y'all had to think of it. Uh, the Alabama game, um, A, the fan base was amazing. The stadium was amazing. I have not heard Vault Hemingway sound like that in a very long time, probably since 2014. Um, the game was yeah. absolutely good. It, after the game, I did not feel discouraged. It was a rare time when Ole Miss just Me went neither. there and went toe-to-toe with Alabama. Me neither. just lost their football game. We, wa- we lost by a matter of, uh, I wish I could say inches, but yeah. 17 yards. Yeah, and and if you think about it, like in 2020, Alabama gained every um, yard that can possibly be gained in a football game except seven yards. There's seven yards that Ole Miss's defense prevented them to get in the whole game. The next year was a 42 to 21 game, and then this year this happens. So next year, go over to Alabama. Don't get beat by the logo on the helmet. Bow up and beat them down. I will say, though, if you think about it, the only thing I will kind of criticize on it is sometimes the analytics. Because if you look back to not to going for it versus taking the field goal, we, we, all we would have needed was a field goal to win that game. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Are you tied? Sorry. Yes, you're right. We tied. Yeah. And people, we go overtime. That's the only are, thing I'll, I'll, I will criticize a little bit is the fact that some sometimes I question when the analytics are needed, when sometimes when Lane needs to go for the points. Yeah, Typically, you can't I understand play. the analytic part, but I think in a game like Alabama, you've got to take the points. Yeah, every possession needs to end with a kick because the biggest momentum swing that anybody can get, defense included, is that they stop you on a fourth down. That is the biggest swing in the game. And in a game against Alabama, the biggest game that you're going to play this year, that momentum swing can't happen. Now, 
The yeah. score, they might not have got away with it, but they kind of got away with it by stopping them and Alabama's offense being really bad in the first quarter. But those three points means we're up um, 10 points at halftime or something like that. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the number was. And the game could be a little bit different situation. The larger lead we have, eventually Saban went to murder ball, benched Jameer Gibbs, put Jace McClellan in there and started powering, doing all the stuff that everybody tries to do against us. And they might not have been able to do that if the lead was three points further ahead. Yeah. Um, one one thing I'll say about that is um, kind of going back to your statement about not getting beat or being afraid by the logo on the helmet. Mm-hmm. That's what we've done all year. You know, he, he's gone for it. He's done it for – three years or however long he's been here now and and you know that's that's just Lane Kiffin that's the way he is that's the way he coaches it's one games for us and that's one game that you know obviously you look back and say well if we would have kicked those field goals yeah we'd be in a better position to do it but also how many times has it worked out in our favor on top of it too so you know it, last, last year if they kicked the field goals um, Ole Miss is in the playoff well I'm just, saying, be I'm just saying Derek, like, when it, I'm not against the NLA's with you. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I agree. But I think in certain games like this one, mm. it's almost pertinent you take the points sometimes. Like, I well, think some games you have to have a different game plan there than others. It's like the Arkansas LSU game where you have a backup quarterback in the game. The analytics probably say you go for it from the two-yard line. But you have a backup quarterback in. The numbers are not going to be the same. So on the sheet of paper, it might say, hey, you've got a 70% chance of winning if you pull this off but your chance of actually doing it is slim because you are so limited on what you can do. Arkansas not taking those three points likely cost them the game. So, I mean, you have to be careful and be aware of what your situation is. And against Alabama Saturday, Ole Miss was a team that could play with Alabama. They could play them straight up. And you didn't need to go and do gimmicky type stuff. You could have actually just played football and beat them. That's what I saw that day. I will say that that was my main critique. Everything else, I can't really yell at Chris. I think Chris, you know, <clears throat> called a hell of a game. I think our defense played as well as they could. I really can't say much against that. Um, no, I think our defensive line rotation was so much better than it has been in the games prior. Oh, my God. Cedric Johnson's healthy. That's yeah, what it looked like on May Saturday. Cedric yeah, Johnson's healthy. That's quite a difference there. And, no. and you know, and you know what I gotta say. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say this is disappointing, and you know, I and I really like the man, and he's really, you know, he's contributed to the way to the team in a good way. But Kari Coleman, he's got to figure out what position he wants to play, dude. If he wants to play linebacker, become a traditional linebacker. If you want to play edge, get big. But I can't oh, help oh. you as this slim guy that can barely get any pressure on the quarterback. I, I think he was recruited as that, though, to be this hybrid role that could play defensive end and linebacker, depending on whether they go to a three or a four front. I just don't trust him in coverage. You know, yeah, I don't either, because at TCU, he was a defensive end. Um, we did videos all season about worrying <laughs> about Kari Coleman actually having to play linebacker. So even yeah. whenever he's in linebacker, he's probably blitzing. He's going through one of the A-gaps because he is such a liability in coverage. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what you hope when when you recruit a guy like that too, though, like that mm-hmm. that he's able to to fill out and meet that potential. And sometimes they just don't quite do it. I mean, he's obviously a very gifted pass rusher. If you just let him sit there and pin his ears back, uh, but in any other, it's also the way, ability having multiple years of eligibility. This was a yeah. rebuilding year. Half of our roster yeah, is brand new. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like we're. And, and look, I'm, I, I have no problem admitting it. After Saturday's game, I was pissed off. You know, I mean, I wanted to win that game. And, you know, people kept saying, well, you know, you're 8-2, and two, staring 10-2 and two right in the face, back-to-back 10 win seasons. I don't care about any of that. I want to win the SEC, get in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and win a national championship. He's raised expectations here. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's – that's the Lane Kiffin effect, though, and and he said it in his press conference. You know, they're not here to cover spreads, play people close. They're they're here for one reason, one reason only: win every single game they play. You know, um, one thing. Whenever that game, it is okay to nitpick and be upset about that game, that sixty-minute thing, and also on the other side, be 
unbelievably over over the moon about the program. I mean, yeah. it's two yeah, different I, conversations it, that came out of the exact same game. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but even on that same note, I mean, how many times in the past, I mean, just go back to, you know, 2014, 2015, those two Hugh Freeze years, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. how excited were we that we were, you know, that we went to a sugar bowl, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. and, and, and in that case, it was the first time in my lifetime, and I thought that was the absolute pinnacle, but that was my mindset at the time. Well, you know, now we've gone, we've won 10 regular season games, been to another Sugar Bowl, and, you know, we were in the playoff mix in November. You know, I mean, you're sitting there watching the baseball team do what they did, win a national championship, you can see it be done in, you know, other sports here at Ole Miss, and and you really want to see it for the football program because that's really what makes the entire athletic program go. And and Lane's really getting us to that point, and – I know if he stays, he keeps bringing these guys in. You know, we're we're going to be able to get to that point here very soon. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, like if you think of Ole Miss's glory period, and Ole Miss's glory period, re- realistic, was like fifty nine to sixty three. It was that five year period that is their actual glory period. Even though Johnny Ball was very good and successful around that, but it was that five year period that everything built towards. And if you look at this team right now. This would be like 1956, 1957. Uh, and it, we're a good team. We're, we're losing to Georgia Tech in the Sugar Bowl, so, stuff like that. But we haven't gotten to the level that we're going to get to. There is the ceiling that everybody thought that Ole Miss had, they do not have. That That is absolutely clear. They, there's people yeah, that made assumptions that just wasn't true. It's a lot like – Clemson back several years ago with with mm-hmm. Dabo where where they kept saying you know it was the Clemsoning thing right you know they yeah. they get so close and then they'd lose those games at the end of the year to kind of get knocked out of it you know there's a ceiling that you have to bust through and Lane and this team and and this entire program sitting there knocking on that ceiling and it's starting to crack and it's not going to be long before we bust through that thing yeah it's to the point where next year next season if Lane stays here and everything's the same. Ole Miss is going to be a contender for the SEC West in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, yeah I mean pre- – In the preseason. Yeah, I mean, you you look at bringing Dart back, bringing Quinshawn mm-hmm. back, you know. We, we haven't even Michael brought up Trigg. Michael Trigg quite yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we haven't talked about Trigg yet. You know, get get him healthy, get him a little bit more involved. You know, you you, you see the, the flashes of athleticism and the upside of him time and time again when he's on the field. So, I mean, it – it has the makings to be a really, really good offensive group. And, you know, we're, we got a lot of young guys on defense right now too, you know, that, that are getting experience. And, you know, Lane's going to go after transfer portal hard. He does it every single year. And, you know, it's kind of what he's built this program on right now. And, you know, he, he goes and recruits and fills holes to, to, you know, develop kids and develop talent and all that. And then, he goes to the transfer portal and gets his immediate needs from there. And, you know, it it's working out like a dream right now. We've talked about before the year how it was going to work out, him going so transfer portal heavy. And, I mean, you, you see the results. It's hard to argue with them right now. Can yeah, I, I just want to say – sorry. I just want to say the real, real quick. I know we've there's been a lot of back and forth, but I think if, if you didn't um, have a little respect for Dart after that game against Alabama, like – Yeah, just no kidding. Like, you're just not ever going to like him because what that kid went through, like, he's a pretty tough kid there on that. He is. So, Dallas Turner is not a you, small guy. You know guy. what? <laughs> what next year, I would, not be, I would not want to be Dallas Turner in that game. I want to punch Dallas right. Turner in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just saying, like, if, if you think about it, like, just watching darts like head, the way it went, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't sit down. He, he went back out there. He didn't try to, you know – he didn't complain. He kind of just took it and did what he kept his head in the game. And, you know, hey, you can't ask for someone to do better than that. Now, we're used to Maddie. Maddie would have bowed up and, like, kind of given him a little shot. Well, but, you well, know, I'm going to say this. Um, Jackson Dart in that game probably exceeded anything that Matt Corral did. Especially in his first year. Yeah, in his first yeah. The, Man, in his I just first year, he almost got in the egg bowl fight. But Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All right, so quick poll real quick. 
who all thinks that Jackson Dart's mom actually said those things? That no, said there's nobody. no way. <laughs> nobody. No way. That's what I said. I said, zero chance. No way she said any of that. <laughs> no chance. No, no chance a, a nice Mormon woman said any of that. <laughs> let me, let, hey, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you something. Okay, the whole crux of what we're talking about tonight can be summed up in what I'm about to say. Okay. You, you pay the man whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Period. We have not had a coach in my, I'm 56 years old. We have not had a coach in my lifetime in the modern era like Lane Kiffin. Ten million, you give him ten million. Whatever it takes to keep him in Oxford. Yeah, if you have to make him the highest paid coach. Wow, to get it. another Lane Kiffin. You, you have to laugh when you saw that because I'm like, whoever out there thinks that woman said that, like, oh, I, those are the well, moments you, you kind of, kind of love face. Lane. You just love Lane a little bit right there just from well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, he – he was trying his hardest not to laugh while he was telling that story, right? Yeah. Like you, you saw him sitting there kind of crack up and grin and all that while he was sitting there telling that story. And I was thinking, man, who believes this? <laughs> you know what, though? You have to credit then how close he probably is with the parents to know he could say that and get, yeah, get away with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's not like, I don't know if I said especially, that. <laughs> especially Dart's dad. I've just, Dart's dad, I mean, you know, I've never met him or anything, but he seems like a real cool dude. Oh, you're talking about Brandon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seems like a very nice guy. I just uh, I had to laugh when I saw that because, <laughs> like, man, Lane, you're good. Yeah, you remember yeah. Lane Kiffin is the guy that tweeted out the three blind mice and referee uniforms at FAU and got fined. Yeah, <laughs> man, there'll never be another one like him. Yeah, but Tom's absolutely right. Um, if Ole Miss needs to go into debt to pay for Lane Kiffin, you do it for five well, years course, for the next Of course you do. You, yeah. you, money won't be an issue, I don't think. I I would like to think that we can come up with any kind of money we need to to keep him. Yeah, you like to think that. You just – you don't – okay. I don't know we don't know, here, obviously. And but, I don't know who's related to anybody in here, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, we need to be careful not to think like people. Well, yeah, that's that. That would be wise. Yeah, the, that that would be the impediment to uh, what's going on, and then it just doesn't matter. It's just a spreadsheet. Yeah. And, no. and but, what I'm saying, my my experience with Pete Boone, whenever I was working in the Manning Center, I used to have to catalog the number of videotapes I had before I was allowed to order more. <laughs> so that 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 was a Pete Boone order. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe. But look, and, and and at the same time, though, it's it's a completely different era, right, as far yeah. as the the money coming into the athletic departments and all that with, you know, all these big TV deals and all that. You know I mean? We, we can pay Lane whatever we need to pay him. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Yeah. And- I mean, we were the most watched game on any channel last week. I mean, we had, what, 12 million viewers? 12 million game? viewers. Yeah. It was a, it was yeah. a heck of a football game. Yeah, 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 it was. It was it was a really good football game, and and it kind of speaks to what Lane's done to our brand too, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama draws obviously because you know the kind of brand that they have nationally, and, mm-hmm. and but but that's one thing that Lane has now brought to Ole Miss is you know we're we're must watch TV when whenever we're on that national stage now, and people tune in just to see it. So let's change the subject a little bit. Have y'all seen the helmets for um, Tennessee? <laughs> No, I hadn't. Orange helmets this weekend. Oh, orange, helmets orange helmets with the white tee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. That yeah. beautiful. Now they're, they're they're on the road, so they're probably going to do the white jerseys and white pants, so it won't be too much orange. But um, yeah, they're 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 planning on doing that this weekend against South Carolina. How, so how do you do? You have like a picture you could share with me or something like that. Uh, just a second. Let me see if I can find it on here. No, you're good. And I, I haven't seen that yet, but Lord. That that orange gets a little overwhelming for me. 
<laughs> You're not telling me anything new. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see, Tennessee football, the official account. One word to describe an SEC fan base, according to Alex Anstead. He works for uh, as a social media manager for Saturday Down South, Saturday Tradition, and all that stuff. And he said Ole Miss was Chad. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Honestly. Could have been worse, honestly. But uh, I mean, we're nice people down here. What can I say? Yeah. Let's see. How do I copy a link? You got to remember, man, we're not snobs. We're just better than. That's exactly right. Let's see. I don't know how to share it. Good grief. If anybody knows how to share a picture on here, I will. Because I've got the Twitter. Come on, okay. Head on, send it to me. Yeah. Send me the post. And then I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm an old man, so technology can get me. So I need younger people to do it. Let's see. Well, don't ask for my help. I'm I'm still over here without internet, so I I, I don't know a lot about that. All right, I sent it to our um our group chat here. But yeah, orange helmets. Hi, Brad. You want to speak, man? We're just in here talking about the week of the, the week that is. Oh goodness, those are terrible. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Tennessee has four helmets this year. They've worn. So they've worn the all black ones. They worn the smoky grays. Their normal helmets, and now this orange. I wish Good. we could get Brad up here because I do kind of want to hear Brad's take on uh, Lane talking about Jackson Dart's mom's uh, comments. Yeah, I, 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 just <laughs> I don't know if we can coax Brad into doing that. But I invited him to speak, so he, he can um, play along if he wants to. How you doing, Brad? Good evening, everybody. How are you? Good. We're just talking, shooting, shooting the noise. Oh, I saw that helmet and I almost passed out. <laughs> yes. It's bad, man. man. Uh, what, what, now, what What did you say about Lane and um... uh, Jackson Dart's mom? Oh, I talking about, we about, all um, wanted to ask about yeah. Jackson Dart's mom being quoted by Lane. And, uh, it, what is your perspective here on this? I mean, it was just a, a brilliant move by someone that's just uh, one step of every, ahead of everybody else. I mean, he, he basically thought it was a joke that. There wasn't a foul call whenever the defender – by the way, that's the same defender that ripped off the mm -hmm. helmet, Jackson Dart, by the way. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't a foul call when not only did he, you know, push his head in the ground, he used Jackson Dart's helmet to get off the ground. Yeah. I mean, just, just think about that. And mm -hmm. think, about if, think about if that were Bryce Young or, um, you know, insert quarterback here. And it, it just – he was frustrated with it. And – um, you know, I think you – I will say this. I know that Keith Carter was very, very frustrated. And I know that there were some uh, – obviously some conversations had with the, the office. But you guys know as well as I do, that doesn't mean anything. Um, that just, I guess, makes you feel better for the situation. But, uh, look, I, I don't know if you guys agree or not. I mean, I, I don't think officiating calls so miss the game at all. Um, I thought no, – no. and, and nobody's really talking about it either. It's been a lot of – Stuff going around, but look, Ole Miss was offsides on a big third down play. Um, the Alabama receiver went out of bounds because Ole Miss forced him out. I mean, there were, there were a couple of things that they missed on on Alabama's way. I, I don't think we're all mad at that. I think we're mad at the aggressive physicality that we would have been, you know, yeah, blamed for that they weren't. And I think that's kind of where we're coming from. Is it's, is it, more it's, we're frustrated it's, with them more so than like. If we, because if you look at the Tennessee game with Bryce, you know, like, um, you know, it would, it was a different story, you know, like, we're, if you're not Alabama in those situations, they're not held accountable to the same as everyone else, and that's why they act the way they do. Well, <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers this, but back in 1993, and I'm kind of dating myself, it was the first time Ole Miss had Keith Jackson in town. It was Ole Miss, Alabama. Lawrence Ole Miss. Yeah, didn't have didn't have a great team, but but late in the game, Ole Miss had a phantom pass interference foul, and 
Uh, at that point, I don't know if you remember Gary Abide from Greenville. He mm-hmm. he was so upset. He got tossed. It was just a great linebacker. And, and, and I was sitting by a gentleman that, that's still with us today, and he leaned over and he says, you know, Brad, you might as well get used to this because it's always this way. That was 1993, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, how many ever years ago that was. You know, it really hasn't changed, and, and, and I don't know that it ever will. And, um, you know, it's the same thing happened in Starkville this year and this this past weekend when Georgia – I mean, they didn't need – they didn't need any help from the officials. And Mississippi State was – they boy, they really got some bad calls on them. You know, I had a chance to watch some of those replays. And um, it's just – you know, you hate to say that – you, you want to say that it's fair, and you really do, but it feels like the haves always get the calls – and in some cases, the have-nots don't. And it's frustrating, yeah. but it's just something you kind of have to fight through. Yeah, LSU got a phantom first down that nobody can see that anybody got anywhere close to stick. It was spotted for a first down on a third and one to give that's Arkansas the ball back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that one wasn't close. I, I couldn't believe that wasn't overturned on replay. Uh, yeah. Just kind of going back to the Alabama thing real quick, though, and the officiating, I'm – Kind of like Brad, you'll you'll never hear me say officiating cost us or another team a game. You know, it's uh it's such a rare occurrence that that that, that actually is the case. You know, you you have four quarters to win a game. Uh, the biggest problem I have with the officiating, the the most egregious call that I had was that hold on Jordan Watkins there on that first down run with Jackson right. Dart. You know he. He gets bulldozed over right there. You know, I, I don't know yeah, how, and somehow how that's a holding call. And, you know, that gets called back. Uh-huh. That's calling a drive. You know? Hey, how but, about that? Uh, how about that p- missed pass interference call? I believe it was on Dick yeah. Beard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that too, you know. But, but, I kind of took the missed pass interference call as because we got a first down that we really didn't. I kind of felt that was the give you call for the. But again, I mean, you, I, I, you I look back throughout the game. Out. Yeah. You know, you. You don't fumble there before half, you know, and I know Zach Evans took a heck of a lick there to the head, and, you know, they're saying he was or wasn't concussed, whatever. I know he didn't come back into the game. Oh, he was concussed, all right. Yeah, I mean, I I know that's what it looked like. But Um, I don't know that it was targeting. I think that was just a really good play. No, I don't think it was either. That's the thing. You know, it's just one of those plays that happen, you know. Right. It's it's just – that's football for you, right? It's, it's, it's one of those really unfortunate things that happen at a terrible time in the game because instead it's of about being a, it up, was a it was a ten to fourteen point. I don't uh, yeah. think anybody yeah, exactly. truly say we felt that the officiating is what lost us the game. I don't think I think it's more mad that we we're protecting our quarterback from the fact that he got some stuff at him that we didn't like. You know, kind of like Texas with yours, like well, same yeah. thing with Dallas Turner. It's more of a hey hey hey, you don't need to do that to our quarterback, right? Chill out. Like I think that's yeah, more the, concern. The only foul that I thought was really, really bad, other than the egregious – I mean, I don't know why you don't call that personal foul there on Dallas or I don't understand that. But mm-hmm. the only one that I thought was really sketchy was the bad judge made – let's rewind for a moment. Let's go to the holding foul on Jordan Watkins when he came in motion and the the, sec, the strong safety trucked him. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. called a foul for holding. Okay, I'm going to construct this for a moment because mm-hmm. – Okay, once he comes in motion, the play happens. The run happens. The runner is passed where the foul occurred. Mm-hmm. They call a the foul occurred or quote unquote foul occurred. The runner's already got the first down. The back judge, thirty yards away, and I've got this on film. Thirty mm-hmm. yards away, throws a flag. The back judge. <laughs> That's what I had a problem with. And yeah. by the way, in the in the fourth quarter when Ole Miss was driving down the field. Um, Cedric Johnson, I, guys, I'm not joking. The two offensive linemen for Alabama had a hold of both sides yep. of his jerseys, pulling him to the ground. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they throw the flag. And I'm like, my gosh, the guy's getting just absolutely mauled. And then uh, and then the official comes out and says, there's no foul on the play. Yeah, yeah, I was losing my mind at that point. And then he just stopped, and I I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I, I don't, I don't get it. And yeah, I was, I was absolutely losing my mind as that play was. Those are the only two that were. Those are the only two that I thought were really, really weird. The rest of them were subjective, and we could go either way. Uh, And I, I don't think they purposely did not call the foul on Turner for. for, I don't think he was looking at it. I don't think you were paying attention. I, I agree. Uh, 
but the, uh, the the only things that did that I did kind of roll my eyes a little bit was the holding foul and the and then when they picked up the holding foul in the fourth quarter that was a little weird. Yeah. So Brad, um, we talked about it a little earlier. What, what's your take on the Arkansas game? I know, but nobody's talking about the Arkansas game. But what's your take on the Arkansas game? Well, I try not to get too bogged down in numbers, but mm-hmm. I can't help it. Uh, you know, Ole Miss has only won twice, both in two thousand. In 2007, when Houston up returned, and even in 2007, if you'll remember, Arkansas recovered an onside kick, and Ole Miss was a beneficiary of a couple of foul calls, defensive pass interference calls that, that kept them in the game. So, um, this is not a place that conducive to win for Ole Miss. I know everybody on this call is, has can remember the games in the past. Back, I think it was when Hugh, Hugh took a team up there and lost 30 to nothing, then had a pretty good team with Bo Wallace. It just has not been great. I, I kind of wish you were in Fayette, in Little Rock, because Ole Miss plays so much better in Little Rock. So uh, I think it sets up really to where I feel like Sam Pittman and that offensive staff under Kendall Bryles, they held KJ Jefferson for this game. Uh, I think Jefferson wants it bad. He's from Sardis, right down the road, played at North Panola. So I expect Arkansas to come out and play really hard for Sam and, and for KJ. The weather's not great. I, I mean, so it's going to be 13 degrees. Yeah, I don't know how well Ole Miss plays in the cold. I know Lane hates it. He's been pretty open that he abhors cold weather. So I, I'm, I think there's some, some caution there with the weather. But I think, you know, as long as you have Quinshawn Juckins, who's an absolute monster, trucking people, I think he's going to get his. The question is, is that going to be enough? Can Ole Miss stop the rushing attack? I mean, they didn't stop Jefferson last year. They just outlasted him. But this Ole Miss defense is better, and this the Arkansas offense is not as good. I mean – Traylon Burks is in the league now. They don't really have anyone to throw it to. So, um, you know, that's I think Ole Miss is a much better team. The line scares me a little bit. It's only two and a half. So, um, you know, I think Ole Miss probably wins the game. Probably not as comfortable as people would like. But it sets up, uh, I think, should set up pretty well for next week's Egg Bowl, in which Mississippi State's, I mean, they've got two weeks. They've got basically a bye week. They're yeah. playing a terrible team in, middle, in East Tennessee State, who's they're a terrible FCS team. And so they they basically got a, a free week to rest people, and so um, I think more than anything, it's an opportunity for Ole Miss to get to ten wins again, and I think they can do that. But but I'd be lying if I didn't say that you know when when Arkansas's ten and two in Fayetteville against Ole Miss, you know that that does bother me a little bit. They they just don't play well. They've never played well in Fayetteville, like I said, except for two times, and. Um, the, the, the last time they won back in 07, that was not a very good Arkansas team. And uh, they were able to come over the win. So we'll we'll see soon enough. Yeah, and if you remember correctly, Brad, you probably go back as long as I do. There was a game that David Cutcliffe went up to Fayetteville that Arkansas scored a touchdown on one of Ole Miss's kickoff returns. Uh, yep, they did. I, I want to say it was, what, 98? It was 98. 98, that was Motor City Bowl year. So it was 98 because uh, 2000 they won with Deuce uh, in the rain. Yep. And also the egg ball, for everybody to know, it's, it's 60% chance of rain right now. So well, that would be very fitting. Sog- yeah, soggy egg ball. I do know that Mississippi State returned, I think, 50% of their tickets. So I, there, there will be very very few Mississippi State fans there. And that's they the return them? What's, what's going to happen with that program if Ole Miss you know, beats Mississippi State pretty good? So. Uh, a lot of things uh, to, to uh, over the next two weeks are going to be interesting, to say the least, for this Ole Miss program. I mean, depending on what happens with Lane Kiffin and Auburn, and then what happens, you know, one way or the other, and then you've got to factor in the Egg Bowl, and then you factor in a Sam Pittman team that's got their back against the wall. I mean, they they need to win at least one out of the next two to get to a bowl game. I mean, I never dreamed I would say that about an Arkansas team this year coming in with. You know, Rocket Sanders is a really good running back. And I guess, you know, I, I don't think I took into account just how how much they would miss Traylon Burks. And they just didn't yeah. have anybody returning wide receiver. They, they just don't have anybody to throw it to. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Also, um, while I got you on the phone, Brad, what do you think about that list of potential coaches should Lane Kiffin bolt that's going around, like the Alex Galesh and yeah. those guys? Well, the – that's coming from Ben Garrett, and Ben is very source on this. Um, and, you know, I, I trust Ben's list very much so. Now, the only person I did not see on the list that I think would make a fantastic coach at Oxford and is Dan Lanning. 
uh, Lanning backed out or quote-unquote backed out. What I think happened is, is Oregon is going to pay him a king's ransom to stay. I think Dan Lanning's a fantastic coach. And for folks on here that don't know, Dan Lanning's offensive coordinator at Oregon. And to really break it down for you, Dan Lanning is the reason that Kobe Dean is in Georgia or played at Georgia mm-hmm. and not come to Ole Miss. Lanning is a fantastic recruiter. He has surrounded himself with great assistants. And if he he's going to get a head job soon. And when he does, he's going to, um, you know, I see a head job soon. He's going to get somewhere in the southeast, I think, eventually. And he's going to make a great coach in the, in the southeast for sure. I thought the list was pretty good. Um, you know, obviously you've got a, some of the same names that we've heard in the past. I think for Ole Miss fans, they don't want to have to get there, honestly. I mean, you yeah. you want to keep the guy you have. I, I don't know if someone spoke a moment ago, how much would it take to, to keep Kiffin? I think the answer is whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – from people I've spoken to that money is going to be a huge deal. I think the problem is going to be the NIL portion of this. If, you know, if Auburn has a pretty good size NIL opportunity and, and it's much larger than Ole Miss, you have to wonder, does that factor in on the flip side? You know, Ole Miss goes eight and four, nine and three, five or six years in a row. Lane Kiffin can stay as long as he wants. If, if he does that at Auburn, that's not going to last. And, and I don't know that he would have the, the freedom that he would have, that he has now, to, 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 to go back and forth to Boca. Uh, full autonomy, honestly, at, at the football program, you know, changing uniforms every week, you know, is Armour going to allow him to do that? You know, small things like that that people need to understand that, you know, if, that is, if that's an opportunity that he appreciates, can, can he do the things that he does in Oxford via social channels and that sort of thing? Could he do that at Auburn? So, so many things, so many factors at play. But at the end of the day, generational money. And if you're talking 10-year, $100 million, $150 million, whatever the number is, I mean, if you talk generational money, I mean, I don't know how Ole Miss can match, you know, obscene amounts of money like that. But you know what? We'll see. And I figure that happens over the next couple of weeks to say that. So I think that Iron Bowl, the Iron Bowl Saturday is probably when we'll know for sure one way or the other, if not sooner. So, Brian, hey, uh, here real quick. You brought up the money, and I kind of want to ask a question on that. Because if you look at the money, right, so – they owe, they still owe Gus a good amount, like at least what eight million left on his buyout, and now they're going to owe fifteen million to um, Parson. Parson. You got Gene Shizik on the hook. You've got yeah. Gus I was like, and then I think they still the owe like six hundred k to his yeah. to. So you're the like, if you were to factor in how much they're paying each year, right, annually. Plus, if you add in, like, let's say a $12 million, and then plus Lane's buyout. So you're looking at almost $30 million for 2023 in coaching. Three of those, th- like, a portion of that to nothing that benefits your program but the head coach. Like, I can't imagine you make that kind of move, like, without the merit. Not say, I love Lane, don't tell you wrong, but how do you make that move or justification there when, um, well, I mean, you, you, you know, talk he about has just- no SEC championships. He has no, like, as a program. I'm just curious. I'm very yeah. curious on that. I mean, you take a Justin Hawkinson for, I think he's with on three or 247, I forget. But he pointed out that the, the number floating around was seven year for uh, $77 million, all guaranteed. So uh, you turn that 30 into 100 when you start factoring in all the other money. I mean, right. $100 million is, is an obscene amount of money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, You've got to, you know, it's a different game. And, you know, if you don't pay, if you pay Freeze, I'm sorry, Freeze, that was my, what I'm about to get to. If you don't pay Lane this amount of money, where do you go next? I think the logical answer is Hugh Freeze. I think Hugh Freeze, you can say what you want to about Hugh Freeze from a moral standpoint, from a personal standpoint, whatever. That dude's a really good football coach, and he's a really good recruiter. And I think he would kill it at Auburn. So, uh, if they don't get Lane and things work out and he stays at Ole Miss, right now I'd probably be, you know, probably 60-40 that, that Lane's the coach at Ole Miss next year. And I think a lot of that is simply because of what I talked about earlier about the autonomy of the program. I think he's going to get a nice raise. I mean, I, I think things are in place. We saw, Stephen, you may need to help me, there was a, uh, there was a change in the director of operations today, the university announced for football. So I didn't see that. Well, I don't know that that comes out unless you know there's a reason. If that makes sense. If you're going to release something like that, what else is going on behind the scenes? Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I heard about that a little earlier too. I was, I was watching it for the entire football operation. Uh, so I thought the timing of that was quite interesting. 
Hey, here uh, I am. I think Brad, I gotta... is going to stay. Okay. Just a second, man. I, oh my God. I, real quick. I, th I think he's going to stay. But the one name that Ole Miss fans, I think, needs to circulate is Jeff Trainer. If Ole Miss needs to go out looking, I think that's the guy that Ole Miss needs to call first. That Honestly, that's just my opinion. Uh -huh. And that's not just like an F you to the NCAA with Hugh Freeze, but th this is like a guy that's dominating college, um, Conference USA, um, his only two losses this year to ranked teams and it's in Santa UTSA. And if you go look on their highlights on YouTube, I mean, there's a lot that could be done similarly with the talent that we already have. But that's just my opinion. Go ahead, man. Hey, uh, Brad, I just had a quick question about um, – so, you know, regardless, we played Bamba close, you know, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But um, what did you hear about recruiting? You know, obviously it's the biggest weekend of the year so far, but so any updates on uh, how visits went or – if we have any momentum leading for yeah. any player, I guess. Yeah, I think it went really well. Uh, you know, David Johnson uh, interviewed a lot of folks coming home or on their way home, and, and there are a couple of stories on 24-7 site. And also, I know uh, Zach Berry does a lot with On3, and um, mm -hmm. he and Big Garrett do a great job recruiting. So everything that I've read has been very positive. Um, obviously, all that goes out the window if, if Lane goes to Auburn. So, um, you yeah. Obviously, that they're selling selling a dream, and right now that dream includes Lane Kiffin wearing the hoodies and doing all the swag and the drip and all that stuff that, that, that I'm so old and old-fashioned I don't know a lot about. But what I do know is that younger generation loves it, and what we're seeing is is a new day at Ole Miss sports. I can't go back to enough to what the the, the, the person said earlier, whatever it takes. And, and, and I think that's what you have to do if you're Keith Carter. And I promise you, as an Ole Miss person, as someone that's followed the sport, followed the, the university, I don't know that I would be pleased if I were a fan to have anyone other than Keith Carter in the position he's in. Because Keith is incredibly bright. Elephants. But the good, news, the good part about Keith is he knows how to relate. The person who gives five dollars. It is the, the place where they discover and are taught life's lessons, and, um, experience I think love, in order and to make a coaching hire, I think is the best thing you can feel very, very, very happy that Keith is in the position Human actions are destroying um, habitats, decimating our entire ecosystem everybody and disrupting the circle of life. But obviously that can and change. in the rise in drought cases, is, is, it is up to us to be and, our own natural uh, world. We'll see where it's going from there. But, uh, yeah, recruiting's going really well. Thanks, home. everybody. I've got to run. But, uh, <laughs> Appreciate it, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thanks, Brad. Have a good one, bud. No, I just saw it was interesting because earlier today we got a crystal ball for four-star running back in the 2023 class, Christopher Johnson, and – he was considered a heavy Miami lean. He's from the Miami areas from Fort Lauderdale, goes to Dillard High School. But he's not the biggest running back in the in the world, and it's not his first visit at Ole Miss either. So, uh, obviously, we made momentum with him. As I mean, we know that much because there was a crystal ball put in. But I was just curious if Brad had any other, you know, anything um, else to say. If I think either Monday's show or Tuesday's show. Um, on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we actually talked about Christopher Johnson a little bit. And this was before he was crystal balled. Um, I think that the Lane Kiffin is going to recruit a running back that can complement Quinshawn Judkins. I mean, that, I think that's the goal. So they're looking for a – I call him Mr. Inside and Mr. Outside because Zach Evans is Mr. Outside, Quinshawn's Mr. Inside. They need to find another Mr. Outside. And Chris Johnson, I think, fits that bill as kind of a scat back. If you watch his highlights on Huddle – I mean, these guys have a type. They, they can find really good players, and their evaluations of running backs are really, really good. Yeah. I mean, that's Lane. Lane's bread and butter is running the ball all game. So. But, uh, no, it was good to see. Um, I've talked to Bryson Sanders a little bit. Uh, but, no, it's just good. Bryson's our, you know, I would say, one of, if not our biggest recruiter. But – I mean, it's just, you know, good to see our class is sticking together and, you know, nobody's really dropping out to go anywhere. So, yeah, I think nine out of 13 players committed are um, blue trip. Blue, yeah, certified no, our blue, our blue trip ratio is off the charts. Yeah, it, it, it's impressive. All right. Um, I think we're going to shut it down here, everybody. Thank you very much for um, coming by and, and participating in this space this will be a lot of fun if you want to listen to it again and see what you missed it'll be up tomorrow on the locked on almost podcast or you can catch the recording on twitter as well 
So thank you very much for that. Um, if you need anything, participate in the comments, tweet at us, um, me, Derek, Kara, Tom, we're, we're more than happy to answer any questions or handle any situation that might come up. Um, thank you, Mr. Reed, for listening today. I saw you. Um, I just, I, I didn't want um, to um, get you to speak or whatever, just to intrude, but I did see you. So thank you for stopping by again, and I will see everybody next week for the Egg Bowl space, which I think should be quite fun. All right, anyway. Bye. Take care, guys. Hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi. Hi.